3: fantasy freaks and geeks what's going on you're listening to the nfl fantasy live podcast james Go here with you it's a small cast today no whiz kid alex Gelhar back in wisconsin adam rank who were trying to wrangle into the show he stiff-armed us of course he did he stiff-armed of course he did big-timed us <laughs> no not really i don't know he's not that dude that's okay uh but we do have mg my guy marcus grant in the building. MG, what's up? What's up? Uh, yeah, one, I don't know if you've
1: seen uh, like Instagram feed. He's out there shoveling snow. <laughs> what a vacation. It's like it's mid-April, <laughs> and he's like shoveling snow in his parents' driveway right now. Um, what a vacation for him. You know, so uh, I'm feeling all right about myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: There you go. Producer Christina. What up? What's going on?
2: A little tired. Yeah, a little tired. Halfway through the week. So. Can
3: you tell Hytham and uh, Sully back? Th- we got a show here, boys.
2: Yeah, what are you
3: guys doing? What's up? What's going on over here, huh? Oh, okay,
1: they're just chit-chatting back okay. right right there. Here we're, right. we're gonna oh, oh. get Sean Sullivan on the. Oh, we're, oh. Getting oh. On the mic, oh. we're getting
3: Sully. What's up, guys? What's, What's up, guys how's and gal? Yeah, how you doing, pal? It's, uh, it's going well. We're just, yeah. uh, I'm just showing Heights some of the ropes back here. We got, we got a big phoneer coming up on Friday. And I'm, I'm not going to be here, so yeah. big uh, interview.
1: can you, tease? Yeah, what?
3: Yeah, it could, may or may not be a big quarterback that. Might go top five to what? a certain team in Ohio. Oh, wow. oh what yeah. a team. Wow. All right, who, and what program is this for? DDFP or? Uh, move the Sticks. Move yeah, the yeah, Sticks, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. So uh, make sure you guys check out our so. 360 dropping on Tuesday on oh, yeah. said. Look at this cross promotion yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, a little cross promotion. Yep. Look at this cross promotion. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact there's really no cross. It's <laughs> one way It's just, it's just it's straight. A one- promotion. It's one way street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When is MTS going to cross promote? That's yeah, what I that's want to right. know. That's right. That's right. All right. So all right, fellas. Yeah, shots. we don't we don't we don't want to interrupt your awesome podcast <laughs> by any means. Thanks, Sully. So shots. All right, Sully. We'll see y'all later. Uh, in the building as well. Hey, listen, we got a big show in front of us here today. They talk about that phoner. Hey, we got a phoner. We got a phoner. Hey, we got a f- hey, we know people. All right. <laughs> we talk to folks. All right. We know people. We got an interview here today. Uh gonna be talking to Austin Eckler, Chargers running back. You know what's interesting? I think he's the first active NFL player to join the fantasy podcast. I'm
1: thinking back, and I I believe you are correct. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had an active player.
3: We've had a few, you know, recently retired folks. Right. I know we had James Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. That was tremendous. That was great. If you haven't listened to that. He was really, really uh, good. Go back and find that episode because he was, he was excellent. Yeah, he was fantastic. He broke down Saquon Barkley's game. But, no, today uh, we're talking about a different running back. We're going to have Austin Eckler uh, joining us, and he's going to talk about all kinds of different things. He will be an inspiration for a lot of folks out there because he has a very inspirational story. We'll get into that. We're going to do a roster reset of the AFC West. Speaking of the Chargers, Chargers, Broncos, Kansas City, Oakland, all the moving pieces we will kind of break down all the major moves that happened in the AFC West and break down what it means from a fantasy perspective. But we start your show, as we always do, with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news. We yes. really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing at the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> news. <laughs> news. All right, we start where else but in the Big D. Dez Bryant, after meeting with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, was cut. Reportedly not offered a pay cut or a restructure, just a straight up cut. Bye. See ya. No trade attempt, which I thought was a little bit interesting. I guess what I also thought was interesting was why didn't this meeting happen way earlier in the offseason? Why wait this long to cut a guy like Des Bryant who has meant so much to that franchise? It just seems it just seems messed up to him. Yeah. Because uh, if they had cut him very early in the process He can go out and find himself a free agent deal somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. But now all the money's dried up. Or
1: also the whole you know, as you mentioned, why not try to try, why not try to get something Some, for and, Des anything. Bryant? Anything. A fourth round pick. Is that least, not worth I mean at least just see what's out there.
3: See I what somebody's on And that's what I'm saying. I mean, look, everyone everyone likes to pile on and say, Oh, Des Bryant's lost it." Okay, I get that he's lost a step. But somebody's gonna want a guy like Des Bryant. Are they not? I, somebody's going to want a guy like Des Bryant. I don't get it. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand. It, it, was, it was quizzical from a,
1: a number now, of different standpoints. I am curious to see what exactly the market will be for Des Bryant.
3: I mean, it's not going to be It's Bryant. not going to be huge. Because
1: it's the money's not... dried up. Money's dried up. You know, we're this close to the draft. Like, at this point, exactly. it's not going to happen until after <clears> the draft. That's what I would yeah, nobody Nobody's, nobody's going to sign Des Bryant, you know, what, a week out, basically, from the draft. It's not going to happen. It just doesn't make sense. No. So, it's, it's not going to happen for a couple of weeks. The market's not going to be huge for him, but... There will be offers. There's going to be somebody's something. going to yeah. bring Des Bryant. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's for sure. Um, what is a good landing spot for Des? And what do you think a guy like Des Bryant has left in the tank? Because that's the, in fantasy. That's the big. Actually, in real football too. But that's the big question right now surrounding Des Bryant. What has he got left in the tank,
1: man? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, last year's numbers obviously weren't great. 69 catches, uh, 838 yards, six touchdowns. Um, I, I think that right now, that is about what des bryant is i mean i think that's sort of
3: 60 to 70 catch guy right 100 to a 1, thousand yards
1: right you know i mean you know he'll get you a few touchdowns i mean he, he's always historically been great in the red zone that is where he has excelled yeah um i mean he's still he's still strong he doesn't have that separation but no. he's still a strong physical guy and that's always going to help in the red zone but i think that's that's kind of what you're looking at i mean fantasy wise you're looking at him as what like a a wide receiver three, two, three, something like that, maybe. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of <coughs> take he the is.
3: name off the jersey and 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 just kind of evaluate. If you saw um a, a secondary wide receiver out there, mm-hmm. and you said, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm going to project anywhere between you know sixty to seventy catches, and right. the guy's going to get me eight hundred to a thousand yards, mm-hmm. and he's going to get me you know five to eight touchdowns, right? Which is nice, by the way, mm-hmm. for any you know wide receiver two, if you knew you're if you could project that and forget about the age and the name and all that thing, uh, where would you take somebody that could get you eight hundred to a thousand yards and five to eight touchdowns? Because that's not bad. It's not bad. Um, It's not great.
1: No. I mean, looking at it similarly, that's about what Devin Funchess got you.
3: Okay. Last year.
1: Uh Funches had a couple more touchdowns, but the yardage was just about the same. Catches just about the same. Is that right? Uh yeah. That seems um, low
3: for him. I so, thought he had a, well, you know, it might have been truncated too, right? Because That's it, true. Yeah, 'cause uh it, it it the Kelvin Benjamin trade kind of uh, facilitated you know, an uptick in production. Definitely definitely
1: opened things up for Funches. So I, but to answer your question, I don't know. I mean,
3: seven? Is that too late? Too soon? I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I'm struggling with the 2 I, I'm not exactly sure where I, I want to put the market price on desert I mean, obviously, it's going to depend on where he goes. All right, speaking of, uh, there's some rumors that he might uh, try to hook up with Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> that, that's interesting. You know, although I want to get excited about that, except we just saw this story with Brandon Marshall, did we not? Yeah, except – New coaching staff. New coaching staff.
1: And, I mean, that would give you three receivers who do – drastically different things drastically different things it's i mean true. they're all very very different mm-hmm. um which could be really interesting especially if you take into account what it is the giants could do in the draft if they especially if they go out and they get a uh, a running back you know because because if they draft the quarterback that quarterback's not playing this year eli's gonna be the guy this year right um,
3: unless he's so bad.
1: Unless he's so bad or gets hurt or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. So if it's, you know, whoever, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, whatever, Josh Rosen, right. they're probably going to sit for a year behind Eli. But you put them, you know, <laughs> it would be enough, I think, even if it's Eli Manning, to kind of
3: open your eyes. Like may- maybe he gets overdrafted. Maybe someone's like, ooh, Eli. You, you know? know what I'm saying? It, it, that's possible, right? Well, it, the thing is, if Des got to New York, I, I think that, you know, obviously Brandon Marshall's time would be done there. But if Des was in New York, And as a look, his time as a primary outside wide receiver is is done pretty much. Um, I'll just I'll give you some uh, a couple of additional numbers here. But uh, a 52 percent catch rate last year, which is uh, not not great, although it is comparable to other big body wide receivers that played on the outside as well. Like Mike Evans had something similar. DeAndre Hopkins had something similar. A.J. Green, I think, was in the high 50s as well. So um
1: i also say that with you know at least three of those guys they also have
3: the the thing they have in common is erratic quarterback yeah bad quarterback play yeah no doubt about it um but this is what kind of concerns you a little bit a career low 12.1 yards per reception mm-hmm. prior to 2017 des was averaging 14.3 yards per reception so a pretty big dip uh in the depth of his catches there so in dallas so I, look it's fair to say that I think his time as a number one go-to outside wide receiver is just about done
1: yeah uh, you know although I, you know obviously there have been plenty of Dez takes on the interweb since this happened right and, and I don't remember who it was that 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 I saw tweet this and so I apologize for that but you know part of it could be if if Dez sort of Dedicates himself to learning the craft of being a wide receiver, which is something you know he basically just kind of out-talented people for the the most of his career. Beasting him, right? If he can dedicate himself to the craft of of route running and finding ways to get open in short areas, you know somebody yeah. made the point that he could have kind of a Larry Fitzgerald type ending to his career. I mean, no how, doubt. How many years have we written off Larry Fitz and he just keeps putting up numbers? So does <laughs> right. Des still has that ability if he just wants to kind of. It's like it's like a, a fastball pitcher who kind of loses his fastball and has right. to figure out how to use breaking stuff. Okay. And location. Locate, all and, that kind so of stuff. And different things. Right. Just changing the way you approach the game to prolong your career. So the, at this point, a lot of it's going to be on Dez to see what happens with Dez.
3: So I looked at some of his uh, next-gen stat numbers from the inside as a slot receiver And the the numbers certainly don't look good. Okay, so he's lined up in the slot 54 times, or he's gotten 54 targets over the last two years, over the last two seasons now. Okay, 24 receptions, which is awful in the slot. 300 yards, which is not great. Zero touchdowns, one interception. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, these numbers look look really really bad. And I agree, they they are bad. But that being said, so then I was curious. So I went to every single target that he had in the slot. Okay. Every single one in 2017. And there was a lot of ground balls in the dirt, Uh a lot of overthrows. um, And actually, I came away kind of impressed by how sharp Dez ran the routes. Mm -hmm. Very sharp cuts. There were just there were some plays and and the pick uh, and I and I think a lot of Dallas fans will remember the pick. Um, it came against Seattle, and he just wasn't ready for the ball. I mean, he was very laxadaisical, It was a zone coverage, and you know his his feet were kind of drifting. His hands weren't you know ready, and the ball just came got on him, and he just and he tipped it up, and and, and the ball got intercepted. Mm-hmm. Now that's kind of the I think that's kind of the theme. That's kind of the. I don't know, prevailing thought that that's how Dez played the slot. And I certainly came into my tape watching thinking that's what I would find. Right. But it just wasn't the case. I mean, the vast majority of his uh, – and, again, I'll go back to that pick, but I think the play design was to the outside, but then the bracket coverage took that away. They threw it underneath to Dez, and he just tipped it up, and the ball got picked. Um, and, and I came away, you know, I don't I don't want to say impressed – but I definitely came away thinking, not thinking, okay, he's just completely done and lost right. as an inside receiver. I don't think he's lost as an inside receiver. I just think when he lined up in the slot, I just don't think he was the primary read. And sometimes when that happens, the timing is off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well,
1: yeah, and it could be just a case of you know, if that becomes his primary role, yeah. sort of changing his mentality. Sure. And kind of figuring, it is. It's... it's you know, knowing that you are not going to be that outside guy anymore, right. and suddenly you, you you sort of adjust your 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 thinking
3: on that. Can I also say this though? His if he were to line up on the other side as the number two outside wide
1: receiver, which I think wherever now nah, I wouldn't say wherever he goes, but if if
3: he goes to New York, that's where he certainly will he will be. That's kind of tasty, because oh, yeah. now he's seeing a not a great corner, right. Right, because the, the the top corners got to go- be on Odell is gonna be on Odell right I mean hell even a, a good slot guy is, is, is gonna, gonna be, be on Shepard. is gonna be on Shepard yep okay what are we talking about now on the outside there's not a lot of teams out there with two corners that are just shutdown guys I mean there's th- that that list is like three teams yeah and I looked at it I guess I'm
1: looking at this as most places des goes he's not going to be the number one guy right um, at least you would hope you would think right I, I can't imagine he would want to go to a place where Baltimore
3: is a place that there's rumors that he might uh, go and there he may possibly want to be the number one because Crabtree yeah. is the two and I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, that would not be a great landing spot for him. I don't know. Everything about Baltimore's
1: passing game just makes me sigh. They need speed, man.
3: This is so not why, that move. So then why,
1: why would you add that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's not that
3: dude. I hope they don't. I mean, I hope they don't.
1: Yeah, they had, they had Mike Wallace.
3: <laughs> <sighs> it's not great. Yeah, by I the way, I, yes.
1: the other the other team that I heard floated around, which always seems to happen when there's a free agent, is All right. the Patriots.
3: The Patriots. Um, always the Patriots.
1: And the, my first thought when I heard the Patriots yeah. was, this has the makings of a Chad Johnson redo. Okay. And maybe not quite so bad. I mean, Dez is not quite as... as you know, out there and flamboyant as as Ocho Cinco was, but remember that everybody, you know, they 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 signed Chad Johnson. Everybody's oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, here we go. They're gonna they're gonna lock him yeah. in. It's gonna be great. He's oh, gonna yeah. be a, and like rejuvenate his career. He didn't work at all, at all, at all. They come so, midseason. Yeah, didn't they? so I don't know that I don't know that Des in New England would be quite so bad that it would you know flame out quite so so quickly or so awfully. But yeah. I also have a hard time thinking that Des would just you know come in and lock himself into the right. Patriot way and be that guy. Okay,
3: so let's go on the on the other side. He he leaves Dallas, Dez does. Mm-hmm. It leaves a giant hole in that wide receiver room. Uh, Alan Hearns, remember, they signed in the offseason. They've right. got Alan Hearns, they've got Terrence Williams as potentially their outside-ish guys. Uh, you know, Cole Beasley or and is Ryan Smith or, or Who are the same guy, pretty much. <laughs> Right. Except, hey, except C B Z can he he can spit some bars. Coleslaw? you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. What is, what is his
1: rep name? Uh oh, I'm look it up. Is now. it B. Easy? Oh, it might be. I'm
3: gonna look it up now. I don't because I, I can't remember. I don't know what it is, but he's got some sauce. Right. He's got some sauce. He, does, he got bars. I was I was I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. <laughs> does it help on the football field? I don't know. But he's got some bars. Uh but no. I, I, look, when I tell you Alan earns <laughs> Terrence Williams easy Slash Ryan Switzer, <laughs> Cole Switzer, Ryan Beasley. You're oh. not, you're not feeling like okay. Th- these guys are going to be running it up and down the field. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. All right. So Des leaving leaves a big hole there. I, I imagine they'll try to address this in the draft. But, um, as many people have noted, this is not a draft where there is a clear cut number one outside type wide receiver, and that is what. The Dallas Cowboys need right now. Oh, by the way, Alan Hearns' last two seasons, per next-gen stats, okay, he lined up 60% in the slot. He lined up outside just 35% over wow. the last two seasons, which I I was That's, surprised that by that. That surprises me. So you were thinking, okay, Alan, Alan Hearns is going to just slide into that. Well, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period because he took some deeper routes, but they were normally from the slot. And I guess it kind of sort of makes sense if, you, if you're playing on the same team as Allen Robinson. But still, 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 very few of his snaps came uh, from the outside. So who steps in? Is there any fantasy relevant receiver there in Dallas? Uh, I mean, if Allen Hearns stays healthy, he could be. I want no piece of Terrence Williams.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm I'm, off I'm over train.
3: It. <laughs> What more than likely happens is somebody comes in in the draft. Um, you know, and, and, and does that person automatically become somebody that you're like, hey, let me take a let me take a stab at this guy in the in, in the ninth or tenth round? Yeah, I mean, if if that's what happens, yes, a,
1: you know, okay. I, it could be a Calvin Ridley, it could be a Cortland Sutton. Okay, um, you know, I, I thought maybe a Christian Kirk, but I just don't know that that he will be around at any point where where the Cowboys would have a shot at him. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they have to do something. They they can't go into the season. With that group, with that group, otherwise, that's kind of Zeke is going to have all of the touches. <laughs> if this is their wide receiving, all, all of them, all of them, because like, you are talking about Hearns, yeah. Terrence Williams, Beasley, Switzer, uh, Jason Witten, who's like 11D. You know, like you just you can't do that. Why you can't? For
3: it because
1: all it will do is fuel all the Dak haters.
3: And it, it well, it's, it's interesting you bring up Dak. So now Dak, uh, I would imagine. Look, everyone's a quarterback. It's such a deep position. So, I mean, Dak goes from a guy where I, I thought last year um, a lot of folks were very excited about his prospects last year. Kind of fell off a little bit uh, following a very strong rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. What does he do now? Where do you have him now? I mean, he he's going to be a guy that you take extremely late, right?
1: Oh, he's very late. And he right now for me is a rotational quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's, like a, he's basically a streamer. Yeah, he's a streamer. Uh, when the matchup's right because, yeah. I,
3: the rushing ability gives you a little bit of – a little bit of a
1: boost, but but overall, yeah, not enough. Yeah, not enough. Not enough. And again, with, with no real threats catching the football, I mean, there's just not a lot to be excited about. Yeah.
3: I, think, I think this may be a lower scoring offense in 2018 as well, which gives you pause when you think about Dak. And also might, might give you a little bit of pause uh, considering the price tag for Ezekiel Elliott as well. I mean...
1: Think about this. I mean, even in real football terms, this team was what thirteen and three a couple years ago. Won the division. You made a nice
3: playoff run. They were young, right? And you were thinking, okay, this is this team's on the come up. And now we're sitting here like, what are they going to do on offense? (laughs) I mean, life comes at you fast in the NFL, man. (laughs) Is that not crazy? Life comes at you fast. Is that not crazy? All right. Uh, C.J. Anderson cut by the Broncos. Oh, no. I
1: the know. pride of Jesse M. Bethel High School in Vallejo, California.
3: What's up with that? He's looking for a gig. That's not cool, man. Not cool. Uh, it saved the Broncos $4.5 million in cap space. No dead cap as well. He was a prime cut candidate for the Broncos, which is why the Broncos this entire offseason <laughs> was trying to trade C.J. Anderson. Mm. There were no takers. Uh, C.J. Anderson. I feel like we've been talking about him for ages. He's only 27 years old. Right. He ran for 1,000 yards last year. First time ever in his career. First time in his career. He averaged 4.1 yards per carry. That, that's not bad. No, not at all. Okay, he only had three touchdowns. That's bad. But that's not good. Uh, three touchdowns on the ground, rather. Um, a lot of folks have uh, kind of criticized his ability to catch the football as well. I, I didn't. I think he's... I think he's... Average. Okay. I think he's okay. He's okay. Twenty-eight receptions, two hundred twenty-four yards on the ground as well. So again, if you invested in CJ Anderson last year, you got you know twelve hundred yards. That's not bad. Mm. Twelve hundred yards. You got four touchdowns, which is not great. But again, if he's your flex play, um a bi week RB two filler, I think you were relatively happy. With C.J. Anderson, if you paid the right price. Right, well, especially because
1: I don't know that the price was very high for him last year. You know what I mean? Year. I mean, he, came, he was coming off a season where he had been hurt. He played seven games. Yeah. You know, he had a, a grand total of about 560 scrimmage yards. Um, People weren't checking for C.J. Anderson no. last year. No, no no no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But
3: 1,200 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, again, as, as a rotational player on your lineup, right. I, I, I would imagine, given the price you paid on draft day, I think you would probably pretty happy. With CG Anderson, I, I thought he had a pretty good year last right. year. Right. Well, n- but now the,
1: the one part of it is that the Broncos' offense as a whole was was pretty bad. Oh
3: my God! And their offensive line offensive was line was the
1: bad. Worst. Um, you know, Anderson is not a bad running back. He has, you know, he's struggled to stay healthy at times. That's the big um, issue. He's been in an offense that has been inconsistent. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it's obviously a lot of it depends on where he goes, where okay. he lands, who he who he's you know running behind. Yes, but. He's, an, he's a good rotational flex fantasy option.
3: A lot of rumors, you're speaking of his next destination, a lot of rumors of C.J. Anderson going to Miami, going to the Dolphins, which would be the absolute worst. Mm. <laughs> because, look, uh, look, he went to Vallejo, okay, yep. as we know. Yep. But he also went to Cal. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to love C.J. Anderson. Right. And I want to love Kenyon Drake. I want to love <laughs> both of
1: those running you're backs. Gonna, you're going to end up in some weird fantasy love triangle, okay? Down there, in Miami. if
3: C.J. Anderson goes to South Beach, I can't love either one of C.J. Anderson or Kenyon Drake. I, I can't do it. I mean, I know you only you are
1: father to just one child. Yes, but sort of, wouldn't it be like having two children and trying to figure <laughs> out like how to spread
3: your love equally or something. I don't know, man. I mean, the, do- <laughs> the other thing is the Dolphins' offense I don't think is that great, right? So, overall, I'm saying. Right. So, if King and Drake was the clear-cut number one guy getting all the do- – sign me up. I want all that. I, I want all of that because he showed – I mean, he showed out uh, mm-hmm. on the last quarter of last season. But I- – CJ Anderson I I don't know man I just I, I can't get behind that.
1: Yeah, no I feel you on that cuz that it it's you know what it's like it, it's sort of like uh in Tennessee where we all we were all waiting we for the Derrick Henry, Henry free Derrick Henry Give right Derrick Henry. and then Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. Right? Like boo why? why are you doing that? Boo. Uh it also kind of reinforces the idea that the, the running back revival is hoped for but not really happening, that running backs are really kind of devalued. I mean, you're talking about a guy who ran for a 1,000 yards, and they just kicked him to the curb. Kicked him. Because they can find somebody who's cheaper and younger and do basically the same thing, and they don't have to pay. I mean, you know, it used to be if you were a 1,000-yard rusher. That meant something, man. That you... meant something. Now it just means you're looking for a new gig. Oof,
3: brutal. So. All right, C.J. Anderson out of Denver at a mile high. Devonte Booker, the presumed starter, uh, barring any you know, uh, barring a, a draft pick, obviously. But if Devonte Devonte Booker is the guy, um, and it's possible that he is. But if Devontae Booker is the guy in Denver, do we like his prospects there?
1: Uh, I'm not super excited. I, I mean, I think from a, a talent standpoint, okay. I think people were, you know they've been big on him. Yeah. Um, huge. But you it just kidding me? Right. It, it hasn't really happened. I mean, even in a year where C.J. Anderson was hurt, um, you know, his Booker's rookie year, you know, he, averaged, he runs for, you know, 612 yards, three and a half yards per carry, eh, fine. Uh, you know, it just it just hasn't really come together for him and to the point that obviously last year they went out and got Jamal Charles. Now, he didn't do anything, anything. Didn't do anything but the fact that they went and got a guy like <laughs> Jamal Charles and brought him in
3: yeah. suggests that they're still not 100% behind Devonte booker even with cj anderson gone Devonte booker is still a double digit guy is he not for me he is. in terms of drafting yes that's what i would think for me he is because I, I would imagine they're gonna you know address that position in the draft uh probably pretty late and and as you mentioned i, I don't know if the yeah. coaching staff is sold on booker for all the reasons that you had laid out i mean as well
1: the other part of it is, and I I tend to not get into, you know, ages necessarily of some guys, but he's not that much younger than cj anderson? anderson how old is Devonte you know? booker uh Devonte booker Well, see cj anderson just turned 27 yeah j- he's yeah. uh in february okay and Devonte booker is going to be 26 at the end of may is that right yeah
3: that's crazy <laughs> so <laughs> there's not that much age difference Whoa, between that's, them that's kind of weird right all right that's interesting all right so there you go <laughs> let's get into the roster reset we talked about the afc west the Chargers. Uh, nothing major, I don't think, to report here. But they did add Virgil Green at tight end. Uh, the big, I think, signing was Mike Pouncey on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And and I'm the kind of guy that look if you get a guy of Mike Pouncey's quality, uh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a team that has struggled to stay healthy on the offensive line. I imagine they'll address it again I in mean, the draft. They, they
1: have been trying for so
3: long. So long. Uh, Mike Pouncey, again, uh, you know he's in the prime of his career, so I think it's a pretty good signing uh, for the Chargers. Maybe give a little bit of beef up front uh, for guys like Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, as we mentioned. All right, the Denver Broncos we talked about ad nauseum, but they cut C.J. <laughs> Anderson. They signed Case Keenum to play quarterback, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> presumably. You know, I, I... – the funny
1: I do thing li- is, they're probably going to draft a quarterback again. Maybe I'm. I'm really curious about what they're going to do. Were they at five right now? Uh, they won't draft him in the first round, but they'll take they'll take a quarterback somewhere. I mean, you know, uh, yes. My my skepticism comes from you know, They signed Case Keenum. John Elway comes out and says, talks about how much he likes the signing, how much he loves Case Keenum. Yeah. He Wants it to be the quarterback, which is okay. I get it. He he had a he had a great year last year, right? A career year. Career last Career year. year. Also, he was a journeyman, and there yes. was a reason he could never really get on the field consistently in any one place. Right. So last year was great. I think asking him to continue to replicate that is is That's a, a bit stretch. Of, it's a bit of an ask. Um, but even if they do go and get someone in the draft, wherever it is. Let's just be honest. John Elway's track record of evaluating quarterbacks has not, not been good. Not great. Not good at all. I mean, they still apparently like Paxton Lynch. We saw know? how that's the story. We saw how you know, Brock Osweiler just kind of blew up in their face.
3: Why did they bring him back? I don't know. What are you? Broncos. <laughs> Broncos. What y'all doing
1: because stop, I don't know. Late one night, John Elway was just, I
3: don't know. You know what I'm saying? You up? (laughs) (laughs) Send that text in, you You know, what are you doing? I don't get that. (sighs) Kansas City. They also had a quarterback change. Alex Smith gone. Patrick Mahomes in. That makes me excited. That makes me excited. I'm excited to watch him. play. Mahomes in that giant cannon of a right arm. Can he, I don't want to say unlock the offense because the offense last year was really good. Mm -hmm. It was really, really good. Um, but, again, they they added some speed on the outside. As, how do you add speed to Tyreek Hill, right? My God. Tyreek Hill on one side, Sammy Watkins signing a pretty big deal on the other side to go along with a great tight end, to go along with a great running game. If Patrick Mahomes, if he can, if he can be average, if he can – Fill at least, you know, some of the expectations mm-hmm. for him, this Kansas City offense could be fire. Absolutely. I do think just watching, having watched Mahomes, his,
1: his college tape, obviously he played, what, one game last year in the NFL, but yes. I see him as a guy who will have some really big weeks yeah. and some, like, just blow up on you, blow it, up in your face. Is it
3: going to be, are you going to be able to, or is anyone going to be able to predict when Pat Mahomes goes off? Nope. I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. You know, my my evaluation of him coming out of Texas Tech was he plays quarterback like a shortstop.
3: Yes, he does. He throws arm angles everywhere. Arm slots
1: everywhere. Everywhere. He's not, there's, there's no throw he's afraid to make. Nope. For better or worse, (laughs) there's no throw that he's afraid to make. And he'll put it on you, though. He'll put it on you. And, I mean, he looked great in the season finale last year. Sure. Greg Rosenthal did a uh, piece about Mahomes' last game, or his only game, I guess, last year. Yeah. And just how amazing it was. And he will have games like that. He will also have games where he will throw three picks and and will look like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. So that's just something, I think, to keep in mind. He reminds
3: me of a young Matt Stafford. I can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can, I can Big see Big arm, that. a little wild. I think he needs to go with the right – I mean, first of all, he's with the right offensive guy. Right, and Andy Andy Reid has done a great job with quarterbacks, and I think he's with the right guy. So that's kind of why I think a lot of folks are, are getting kind of excited mm-hmm. about Pat Mahomes, about Travis Kelsey, about Sammy Watkins, about Tyreek Hill, and just overall this offense in general. These yeah. guys can put up some points because I'll tell you what, you look at the AFC West – I don't see a defense that I'm scared of. I'm not sc- uh, the Chargers. Oh, no. The oh, Chargers no, no. defense is good. It's good. I think it's I think they're good, but they're not. I, I also don't think that they're going to be one of those, quote unquote, shut down defenses. Mm-mm. Right. The Broncos have gotten way worse on defense. Yep. Uh, and Oakland. I mean,
1: I, when is the last time the Raiders that, defense I, frightened I, anyone? You
3: know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, speaking of Oakland, they've got a new head coach. They got Chucky in the building. Crabtree, Michael Crabtree, gone, as we talked about. For some unbeknownst reason, they added Doug Martin. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> and then they signed Jordy Nelson. I all mean, right. So what do we make of all the moves there in the yay? Can we start calling them the Oldland Raiders? <laughs> the Oldland Raiders, yes. Perfect. All right, now. Doug, um, Martin, Jordy, Nelson, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, by the way, still there.
1: I mean, so we were talking earlier about the Cowboys and how life comes at you fast, right? The Cowboys seem to be on top of the world with a bright future ahead of them, and now they have Two all years these questions. Ago. <laughs> the Raiders are kind of the same way, right? I mean, let's think about this. this was a couple of years ago, the Raiders were in the playoffs, yep, and people were talking about them as maybe a dark horse to, to upset the Patriots and maybe get through the AFC, and then Derek Carr broke his leg, oh. and that, that kind of fell apart. And yep. then we
3: got Matt McGloin.
1: Matt McGloin. Then we got Connor Cook. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, you know, so then last year was kind of a disappointment. The Raiders, you know, struggled. Yeah. Um, they looked bad last year. They looked bad last year. And now they are they got old in a hurry because so fast. they made themselves old. It wasn't like, you know, guys. Like, it wasn't like you just looked up one day and all of a sudden Khalil Mack's been in the league for 10 years. It's like yeah. they right. just made themselves older, you know. Right. Like, you can't convince me that as we sit here – Today on what is this April eighteenth, yes. twenty eighteen? Right, you can't convince me that Jordy Nelson is a better receiver than Michael Crabtree. No, yet
3: that's the move they made. Though, and this is the the argument that I, uh, that I had made uh, for cutting Crabtree and adding Jordy because it's financially about the same. Right, was that locker room wise? For whatever reason, people around the league don't like Michael Crabtree. I, I don't know why. I don't I I'm not i am not i am not privy to that information, right. but I I think we've have enough of a sample size to know around the league there are a lot of players in this league that do not like Michael Crabtree. I keep the league being one being one <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna play each other in the preseason by the way which
1: is hilarious i didn't want to leave to like you know go somewhere and be in the same division or right Crabtree to go somewhere and be in the same division just, yeah just because but we got it in the preseason so yeah, that's true.
3: we'll be fine uh, but i think jordy nelson though brings a lot of leadership qualities at least to that locker room so i didn't hate it because i thought they were eh, i thought they were about the same um not obviously not production wise, but I think they can be about the same if Jordy Nelson uh, slides inside and plays in the slot, and they and they really just give the wide receiver keys to Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And if Jordy Nelson could be that veteran leader in the locker room, kind of change the culture a little bit, or at least help change the culture a little bit, that's I didn't think that was. Too too bad.
1: So I'll also say this because you mentioned, you know, giving the wide receiver keys to Amari Cooper. Who was horrific last year. Yeah. And so far he has not I don't think he's quite hit the potential that people had for him. The expectations had uh, for him. Right. If it doesn't
3: happen this year. Oh, he's done. It's it, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. I mean, the, uh, how how many years can you be waiting on this guy? I mean, you know, and it's it's you
1: you look at his, his numbers, especially the first two years, right? And yeah. they're not they're not bad. Michael Crabtree outperformed him. both outperformed years. In both years. Both years. You know, first year a thousand a thousand seventy and seven uh, six touchdowns. That's good. Next For year, a rookie? right. Give Next me that. year eleven fifty three and five touchdowns. So it seemed I'll, I'll take that. It seemed like the progression was happening. Okay, then last year.
3: Uh oh. Six eighty and seven touchdowns. <laughs> the seven touchdowns not bad. The six eighty. Yeah, you know, it's it's generally ugh. not also very good if you have more drops than touchdowns. Yeah, it's it's just like this, this is kind of a, a make or break year for him, right? I think it really is. Hopefully, he gets his mind right, right? Because last year, his he just I, I don't know mentally, he just wasn't there, man. He so, just wasn't there. I mean, so, this is
1: what the, wait, the, what
3: did the, he have last year? He had like what 650 or 800, 680, 680, and he had 200 and in one seven game, he had touchdowns. He had 200, yes, in one right? Game. I he had
1: that the huge game against the Chiefs, Remember? right? On Thursday night, 200, yes, in one game, yeah. A week ago, I was like, yeah, just sit Amari Cooper. That means I think, th- th- I think that was my advice. Sit Amari <laughs> <of Murray> Cooper.
3: <laughs> I'm staying away from him. I'm not right, doing right, anything right. with him. Two hundo. Right. Yeah. Two bills later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> so that, but that means he had less than 500 yards in his other four, if other 15 games.
1: Uh, 470, to be
3: exact. 470. He had, he, had two, he had 210 against the Chiefs, 470
1: in all other games combined. That
3: is not good. He had, wait, hang on. One, two, oh, three. Oh, my goodness.
1: He oh. had five games with less than 10 receiving yards. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Five. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> where, are you, where are you taking Amari Cooper next year, man? I feel like I feel like people are still going to want to buy in in the third. Yeah, oh, it's the third. I was going
1: to say the fifth. No, nah, I, I think pe- I don't know. If, the, be- if, if people are go- if if the third round is the asking price, then I'm out. I mean, it'd probably be late third. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. How about go. fifth round? Fifth round, I would do it. Fifth round, you do it. Fifth round, I would do it. Third round is really banking on upside. It's really it's really banking on the idea.
3: Fifth round, I feel like I'd do it in the fifth round, but I'd hate myself still. I mean, let's also keep in mind that this Raiders offense is going to be – John Gruden
1: wasn't lying when he said he's going to take it back to 1998. He was not <laughs> lying. So they're going to run the football a lot, right? We're going to see a yeah. lot of Marshawn, a, a lot, lot, of, lot of Doug Martin. A lot of power. Right. Yeah. I, I just that, – that, that also they gives me They brought in a pause. fullback. Right, yeah, that gives me pause about what this passing game is going to be, especially with Derek Carr, who's not necessarily known as a—I hate saying gunslinger—but you know, like this guy who's just going to like grip it and rip it and then go down.
3: He's just—he's just not that guy. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm interested to see what Oakland kind of looks like. I mean, they talk about going back to 1998. I do feel like Gruden was slightly mischaracterized in that quote. I think he was talking more about the feel of the team and and philosophy. Versus play calling, because I feel like play calling wise, I think he's going to open it up a little bit more to be more a little bit more modern. I hope so, because I'm really of the mindset that that it's all going to be, you know. I will say this though, I'm excited about Marshawn. I am. I, I I don't know what his asking price. I I guess I'll I'll reserve that actually for what the <laughs> what the asking price will be. But if he goes later, can, and I think he will, um, I, if he's a seventh round guy, eighth round guy, I want some of that. I want some of that. You think he's going to be around that long, huh? I think so. I think a lot of people are going to be scared off uh, by the age. I think a lot of folks will be scared off by, and again, can I can I just say this as well? Fantasy analysts all around absolutely hate the Raiders. They Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing
1: exciting about this this
3: group. Well, it, and it's because they've latched on. And, and you know, most fantasy analysts are you know all about advanced numbers and analytics and whatever the hell that means because everyone has different. Definition. Everybody's got their own
1: metrics. You now. know what I'm saying? That's a rant I could go on forever. I man. know.
3: But uh, once John Gruden said 1998, everybody pointed and laughed. Exactly. <laughs> right? And everyone, I mean, it brought up <laughs> when, ghosts when of Jeff Fisher's past. When he said you GPS, know what I'm saying? Yes, he said GPS in a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the reaction. That was, that was exactly was, the reaction. It was Jeff Fisher gifts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, look, I, that, that press conference turned off a lot of fantasy analysts because fantasy analysts, for the most part, are millennial hipsters. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, but no, but really, though. I mean, it really did. Um, and I think there's a lot of trepidation uh, in the fantasy community, at, at least from, you know, high-level guys, uh, regarding the Oakland Raiders offense. So, I think you're going to see – rankings wise and we know rankings really determine where guys go okay yes and rankings wise exactly i think rankings wise i think we'll see a lot of raiders being downshifted quite a bit and that's why i think marchand's going to be going seventh eighth round all right that would be my but at that, that price sign
1: me up that is a plausible theory i i still cling to the fact that we are uh desirous of having running backs like wherever we can find them and so i think that just in and of itself will will push his price up. But if it if it is round seven or eight, then then I might
3: be I might be on board. You might be you might be in on it. I might be on board. with All right, there you go. All right, let's close out the show with a round of daily daps. Daps 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 Now we're talking about dog
1: bites and dipping. Daps 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy
3: rabbits, uh,
1: this movie's for you. a degenerate are Godzilla is down there.
3: This is why I love this group of guys. We're like whirlwind. There it goes. Boom. All right, let's go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What
1: do you got? A uh, couple things. One, yes. Uh, I've been I've been hooked on this. I guess limited series, Trust. On uh, it's been on FX. Uh, What's about? It is telling the story of the the Getty family, J. Paul Getty. Okay. Who's got a big old museum on top of a hill in, it uh, in LA? It's a beautiful uh, museum. A gazillionaire, but the story is of his grandson, John Paul Getty III. Yes. Uh, who was kidnapped. Um, who was kind of like living a life as a bohemian sort of artist, oh, partying, doing okay. drugs as a teenager in Rome, uh, and got kidnapped. And originally, the senior J. Paul Getty thought yes. it was a hoax, and is like, "We're not paying a ransom because you know you guys are just you're just trying to con money out of me." So f you. Um, but it turns out he's really. Act- it's based on a true. Choose- it is you know. Was I'm it like the movie too? Uh, what all the money in the world? Yeah, Which I that- did not see, but I, I, heard it see of, I heard it was kind of boring actually.
3: Well, they had to reshoot a bunch of stuff. This,
1: well, yeah, they had that's, that's they had some problematic a, uh, people in there that they had to change. Uh, yes. uh Anyway, but this has been really entertaining. This is this is a lot more, I think, probably soap opera ish and you know kind of soapy. But it's been fun. It's been interesting to watch. Interesting. Donald Sutherland is kind of a great good bad guy, and he's the he's the senior J. Paul Getty. Okay. Um, but it's been fun. Interesting. Uh, I think they've gone through four episodes out of ten. Uh, on FX, but uh, it's, right. it's been a fun watch. Uh, the other one, again, hey, uh, again, props to everybody who has been drafting or uh, voting in the draft of Palooza name extravaganza. Uh, we are into the elite eight now. Oh hell yeah! Who's in there? Uh, well, we've lost the one seed. What? We've lost the one seed. Oh my! Vita Vea. Don't tell me. Oh, Vita Vea went down. Okay, Okay. I see. Yeah, he's uh, he's gone. Yeah. Um, but a couple of a couple of strong underdogs, if
3: you will. Okay, wait. Uh, Who did Vita Vea get being out by? Uh, Gerhard the Beer. Oh well, I mean, we were we were kind of pumping out. You know, pumping up of beer.
1: Of beer. Of beer. I last think week. Having, having beer in your name goes a long way. Okay. So. I mean, his name is literally of beer. Oh, Gerhard I mean, of beer. You know, so. <laughs> it's not. It's strong. So he, yeah, he's been, I can see that. He's been a I sleeper. I can see that, yeah. Uh, maybe the biggest sleeper in this tournament so far has yeah. been Jeb Blazevich, <laughs> Jeb Blazevich. Who, as a sixth seed, has okay. made, it the, the yeah, made it to the Elite Eight. the Elite Eight. He's got a tough matchup against Hercules Mata'afa. <laughs> so this one's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's
3: that's going to be tough.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> you know, Equinemius St. Brown still Still going, still strong. going strong, baby. Yeah, the number one overall you know? seed in the tournament still yeah, looking strong. Still going strong. Right now, the yeah. most interesting matchup in this round to me. Okay, what we got? It's in the Algae Crumpler region, Ooh. where you have the one seed Obanaya Okoronkwo. Oh, my goodness. Going against the three seed Chucks Okorafor. Chucks? C-H-U-K-S. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that, that one to me, I think that one's going to be really, <laughs> really interesting. Um, Wait, his first name is not Chuck. It's no. Chucks. C-H-U-K-S. Like for reals? For reals. Okay. So yeah. Um so that's gonna be but props to everybody who has who has voted, who has like retweeted it, who's gotten the word out there. The other part of it that I've also enjoyed is the people in my mentions sort of trying to handicap this whole tournament. Yeah, yeah. You know, like picking well, their you, favorites. Uh, of course you got to. You know, you know, their favorites, <laughs> who was was who was underseated. Who was over-seated, yes. uh, you know, like people like complaining that you know some guys were <laughs> seated too low, some guys got seated too high. Um that's beautiful. Yeah, so it's it, beautiful. It, the interaction has been a lot of fun. But yeah, keep voting. Uh the the voting period is going to shrink down because I'm trying to get yeah. the winner before uh, on the first day of the draft. So, uh we are in the elite 8. It's been fun. Thanks everybody for participating. So I have well. to
3: go back to Chucks. Uh-huh. Very quickly. Right. Uh I w- maybe maybe that's how my name first evolved. And maybe people 500 years ago were like, "Hey, James?" <laughs> like, really? Like, why isn't it just James? James? When James? James? You mean James, right? You mean James? No, I mean James. <laughs> Maybe that's how. <laughs> like, is there more than one of him? <laughs> Maybe that's how it evolved. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I will daily dab the Andre the Giant documentary that was on HBO. That is on HBO. Um, it's 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 well done. I mean, B- Bill Simmons is back, baby. Um, he put his uh, executive producer hat on. Um, produced this bad boy and and it's one of his if you know bill simmons you know that the wrestling is one of his passions um and certainly Andre the giant um this documentary was done extremely well uh take the time to watch it even if you're not a pro wrestling fan because i just you know it's a slice of life documentary more than it is a pro wrestling documentary um you know we're talking about a guy that was you know seven five or whatever and you know 400 pounds and like the 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 what he has to go through to get through the day-to-day. And and obviously, he lived a a very extraordinary life as well as a pro wrestler. And and you kind of sort of forget that in his heyday, he was literally the most famous man in the world. Right, There was nobody more recognizable. um, I'm not saying the most accomplished or whatever. I, I get it. He's a pro wrestler. Okay, fine. But the most recognizable, thereby the most famous man. In the
1: world, I mean, he parlayed it into a cameo in *The Princess Bride*. Oh, and he was brilliant. He was brilliant, brilliant in that movie. Anybody
3: want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a good movie, or it was a it was a good documentary. Uh, if and I know a lot of folks, uh, you know, if they were planning on watching, probably watched already. But if you weren't planning on watching it, I would say take the time. It's what it's like ninety minutes, man. Just go fire it up. cares? Okay? I mean, instead of instead of going through your Netflix and scrolling through five hundred titles. And then eventually just looking on your phone anyways. <laughs> just go in and say, I'm not gonna browse today. I'm just gonna hit this documentary and then I'll look at my phone. By the way,
1: speaking yes. of this as an aside, yes.
3: who do I have to petition yes. to
1: get the self playing previews to stop on Netflix? I know. I try to scroll through as quickly as possible quick, so I quick, know quick. if I land on one, it's gonna start playing something that I don't really want. Like, stop. It's like it's stop. like when you go to the website and you know Videos auto
3: autoplay. Yeah. Which I know we're guilty of yeah, I know. here I NFL. That, that happens above my pay grade. That's exactly right. <laughs> 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 Got to get those clicks. Got to get those views. Uh, all right. Uh, I will also daily dap this guy, Cameron Magruder. Have you guys seen this? Uh, I have not. Find this on Twitter if you have not. Cameron Magruder. And his last name is spelled M-C-G-R-U-D-E-R. He does a um, like a Des reaction film. It's like a comedy short. Uh, it's like three and a half minutes or something. But it is... Oh, my God, it's hysterical. And he hits every single thing. I mean, it, he is such a knowledgeable football fan. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's the, what is it? It's every Cowboys reaction to the Cowboys offseason, including the Dez trade. And, my God, <laughs> I was crying laughing because he hit it. And especially if you're listening to this podcast, which means you're a, you're a freak about football. If you're a freak about football, go watch this thing. It is GD hilarious. Props and daps to Cameron Magruder for putting that together. He's got a few other videos. Go find those as well. But uh, but my God, I laughed my ass off uh, on this video. So very, very good. Producer Christina, close us out. What What you
2: I have two daps. Yes. One, uh, my best friend Erica. She Erica. let me crash at her house all weekend. Okay. I went back to Kentucky where I went to school. Mm-hmm um obviously don't live there anymore I needed a place to stay that'd be a, of, of, be a hell of a commute <laughs> <laughs> yeah so my best friend right. was like of course you will stay at my place rather than the hotel yeah right so that was awesome what'd you guys um, do a lot okay a lot of stuff a lot, a lot of, of things of, that,
3: that that cannot be spoken of or yes okay. <laughs> yes you no. Know. i mean we, we caught up we you know we went out to dinner but okay.
2: well, yes a lot of um debauchery. Debauchery? Yeah. Good. So it was a lot of fun, but Love it's good it. to be back. Um right. last night I was exhausted but just wanted to watch something. Mm-hmm. Uh I turned on Paternò because I had mm-hmm. heard great also things on HBO. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I um I think it's definitely worth watching. It's okay. Paternò with Pacino. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. And I actually, I think he played him very well. And okay. I think I like when, you know, regardless of what you know about the story or what mm-hmm. your opinion is already, they didn't make you choose a side or, you know, they just kind I of see. laid out all the facts and said, this is what happened. Okay. And then you're kind of led to just, you know, make your decision, make your decision. Wh- whether or not you knew he knew it or sure. not. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really well done. The only thing I would say, though, read up on it a little bit before you watch it. Okay. Because they don't spend too much time laying out what happened. They uh, expect you know everything. Okay. So if you didn't live through it or you know, you don't really remember it, read All up the on details it. Whatever. Yeah, read right. up on it beforehand so go you to get the those little Wiki? details. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, read up on the little Wikipedia page. Okay. There you go. But right. yeah, adapt that. I think it's a it's a good watch. All right,
1: there you go. This so is, that is what's the second time he's played a football
3: coach in his career, right? Oh, that's Is right. Because it? It, No, because he was the coach. Any given the, Sunday. Uh, any given Sunday. He was yeah. the head coach of the Sharks. Sharks. The sh- nice. <laughs> Steaming Willie Beeman, baby. That's right. Let's go. All right, that's the show for producer Christina, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. I am James Coe. We appreciate you listening. Like, subscribe, rate the show. We'll see you next week.